Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Once again, hello everybody and welcome to the Pure Hope Show. You are going to meet a woman on a mission, and I love that word. You are going to meet a woman on a mission tonight who is passionate about the work that she does. As she states in her own words that she is here to teach people how to utilize all the difficulties of their lives and trans, help them do a transformational tool that will take them to peace and love and joy. And you and I might be sitting around at this moment, if you have turned on the television, read the paper, and you think, how in the world is she going to help us do that? And some people walk into an experience like this on a blog talk, and they think, I don't know if I really believe this. Because we're living in a society of turmoil and drama and pain and suffering, But tonight, she has titled this program, How to Use Your Daily Irritations and Difficulties to Create a Peaceful Life. And this is not a program that is uh, dedicated for those who are stuck. This is a program for people who are wanting to move into the direction of their life. Selena Matreya is our guest tonight. She is a transformational agent an internationally celebrated lecturer. She is an author and a teacher of practical spirituality, and that's what we're going to hear tonight. Selena empowers her students by showing them how to reactivate and actualize their energetic fields so they can respond to this chaos sometimes in the lands of their daily life from one of their highest frequencies. She's going to teaches how to move into that higher frequency of peace and kindness, compassion, tolerance, understanding, wisdom, and gratitude and grace, and so many more. I was just listening to a uh, talk about Tony Robbins, and he talks about vocabulary technology. And so this seems to be quite on target with some of that as well. She's going to talk to you about how you, yes, all of you, can consciously choose, and I love those words, consciously, intentionally choose an energetic response to no matter what is happening in your life into an opportunity to be in high-frequency energy, which always will enable you to manifest your wishes and move you into a life with peace and certainty and grace and, yes, my loves, even ease. So also, the listeners tonight, as well as this is going to be in our awesome archive, I always tell everybody, every show we've ever done is in an archive. We're just waiting for you to listen to. All of our listeners will be invited to download a link where they will find a practice that Selena has put together that will empower you to turn any difficulty into serenity. So if you have uh, some availability through your technology, Since we are on live tonight, call or text your friends to listen to this exciting program. 
If indeed you do not have that technology right this very moment, just remind yourself as you're listening to this that you can also have them come onto our archive to listen to it. So let us begin with the journey, shall we? Let's help me, please help me welcome Selena Matreya to our program tonight. Oh, my dear, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be here. I'm very glad to be with you, Hope. I love the words that we chose to speak about this program. And um, we were just talking about just early before we got on the air about um, having one foot in the uh, high frequency, but also knowing that we have a feet on this ground in this incarnation. We are here in physical. And I love the fact that you're on the program tonight helping me, helping the listeners, and helping people on your journey to uh, overcome some of the frequencies of frustration or irritation into peace and love and joy and ease. And so we're excited to see you tonight. So I thank you for being on the program. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to share this information with the folks that are listening in. Because you feel very passionate about this stuff. I mean, I've talked to you many times. You are very passionate about this. I really am. Um, I, to say I'm on a mission would be very, very accurate. I've been a teacher for, um, for I'd say, a, a good 15 years. But after my car event, um, when I was really directed by spirit, when I came out of my healing process, to really share the information that they downloaded to me and to share the information that um, I have worked very hard to understand and put into my life with other people. So, you know, as a teacher, what you teach, it becomes progressive. You know, you live the information for so long. And when you want to teach, you want to have context for what you're teaching. And, and I did for many years, but it kept getting crystallized and more detailed and more defined. And then um, when I came out of the healing process and I was really able to share, spirit was very clear and they really defined the work through the words practical spirituality. They said those words referred to the use of our daily life as um, the, the transformational tool, our daily life and how we responded to difficulty was our transformational tool to increase our consciousness and they spoke specifically about uh, teaching people how to respond to irritation small things as well as large difficulties from the higher frequencies of love I'm going to ask a question that I've all of the people who've ever been on blog talk with me if you're show to Explore a little bit what your background as a student as well as a spiritual teacher. I think that's always good for our audience to know. Could you ask that again, my dear? You just got to, I mm-hmm. kind of broke up a little bit. Yeah, let's explore. Um, I think that it's always uh, important to ask healers and helpers and teachers what their background is as a spiritual student yeah. and also as a spiritual teacher. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I was introduced 
to spiritual studies when I was 14 years old. I'm a very proud 64-year-old woman going to be 65 this year. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I've been a spiritual student for quite some time. Um, I got very serious about using the knowledge that I had gained through readings and through the teachings uh, and workshops that I had taken. I got very um, committed in my 30s to using that information, and I met you then, and you have been my teacher for probably a little over 20 years. And the work that we have done together was so instrumental in helping me to really move my, what was then, understanding and knowledge that felt as natural as breath to me, but making it my life and, and really having, uh, integrating everything I knew into my life. And so the work that you and I have done together, you as my teacher, me as the student has been very instrumental. And then I continued to take courses from lots of different teachers and to read lots of material but I always come back, honestly, to taking the work and me and integrating it into our lives. So when we integrate that which we know into our life and we lead our life by the spiritual principles that we really hold dear, then we make great changes. So that would be my background. I started teaching um, my gosh, about 15 years ago, I was a single parent to two boys. I had another career that was very big, meaning busy. I was writing books. I was lecturing all over North America and South America. And so I didn't have a lot of time to be a teacher. And I taught classes through different healing centers. um, And I had one-on-one students, but it wasn't until I healed my brain injury, which was really just in the last year to year and a half that I've had the bandwidth with the information to move this whole body of work of practical spirituality and the art, the lifestyle of learning how to respond to difficulty from higher frequencies forward. And and it really is a lifestyle. It is, it is. And you are a teacher who walks your talk. And it's so interesting why you, because we know each other very, very well, Selena, <laughs> over mm-hmm. all of these years. And while you were mm-hmm. talking, literally what they were showing me is that when you, um, it's kind of like a baby sucking the milk out of the mother and mm. that a baby never spits that up. You will never see mm. a baby spit that out, I should say. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's going for me when I go to a spiritual teacher or a spiritual healer or a spiritual helper like you is that I look constantly for those women and men who are sucking the wisdom from the universe from different teachers and books and they don't spit it out. They swallow it and it becomes oh, yeah. them. Yeah. And, and, this and that's is what that's, has happened to you. Thank you. That is a, a really beautiful visual because it, it feels it feels very right. Um, I I really truly am grateful um, for the fact that I was born into this body and into this lifetime when I was given the opportunity to have this knowledge and be able to bring it into my life. I feel that teachers 
you know, we, we as teachers, we teach what we need to learn. And um, I have not met a teacher who hasn't taught what, what, what their journey was as well. And as teachers, when we, when we walk our journey, when we do the work, when we go through, as I have, the difficulty and the pain and the irritation and utilize it as I was meant to utilize it as an opportunity to increase my consciousness, to increase my, my honesty with self, my responsibility, and to learn how to respond to the difficulty from the higher frequencies, that, that's my pedigree. That's my opportunity to sit in front of a student and not say I know but to be, I've been there. I am going mm-hmm. through that. So I am still, this, uh, I am as happy to be in the valley as a student as I am to be on the mountain as a teacher because my ongoing learning is lifelong. It's lifelong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you truly believe that um, all difficulty, no matter what is happening for people right now who might be listening to this program or later on listening to this program, why do you truly believe that all difficulty is meant to be a transformational tool? Such a great question. Um, I'm going to say a few things. I'm going to say it's because it's my experience, because it was that was told to me by spirit uh, in many teachings and in many conversations. And it is my experience. The the knowledge that was given to me wasn't just a statement. It was a body of work. It was, it was conversation after conversation of how we are living in a world of paradox and how we are multidimensional beings living in that world and how we come into this world as energy and form and when we are born we the high frequency energy of who we are is it comes into the world along with the gift of free will which we both know is our opportunity to say no to free will and our entire lifetime here as energy and form is spent either saying yes or no to everything that appears to us. And these conversations of that nature that Spirit had with me, you know, in those conversations, they shared with me. They were so clear. They came through and they very clearly said that the beings on this planet have it wrong, that we have been conditioned for years to believe that difficulty was something for us to lose ourselves into. It was a landing pad, but all difficulty. They said it was not an accident that we were brought here to a world where there is so much polarity and so much difficulty because every opportunity of irritation, every opportunity of stress is an opportunity for us to respond and remember who we are. That difficulty was meant to be an alarm clock for us to remember, no, I'm not this difficulty. I am higher frequency. I am love. And this is, my, this is my opportunity to access that now. So that difficulty, which has become a landing pad, was meant to be an alarm clock. So we would have the difficulty. We, we would be alerted that this is my time to ask the universe, what am I to learn from this? And what frequency of love am I now to bring into my my being how to fill myself what frequency of love 
shall I fill myself with? And, and after all of these conversations, after practicing the, the, the steps they gave me to use in my life, I began to see that my response to the difficulty was what was creating my irritation. My response to the difficulty was what was creating my stress. If somebody cut me off on the road, I could leave it there and I could bless them and send them on their way, or I could give them the finger. I could get angry. I could get stressed. I could respond to their chaos with more of my own. And what happened when I did that was I was left longer feeling aggravated. I was more aggravated after my response for for several reasons, because I activated my emotional system. They didn't activate my emotional system. They were in their car off to something else. But I was the person that activated it. And, And I was the person that was creating more chaos. And I was also the person that wasn't in my high frequency of love, which is my natural inheritance. So while I thought it was them that was create the other person that was creating my stress. I came to realize it was me who was creating the additional stress because I responded to their chaos with chaos. And in doing so, I took myself out of what is my natural inheritance of love. So I was truly feeling stressed from not being in the energy of love. So as I kept going through these experiences and practicing the steps that spirit had given me to learn how to respond from love, I, I started to see that I wasn't bothered by the woman in the eight items or less line who had the big shopping cart full of items when I needed to get out the store. I could take a moment. I could notice my irritation and I could breathe into it. I could ask to be filled with a frequency of love and then give myself that opportunity. I could transform my own state. That's what I could do. And when I started doing that, my entire life changed. Absolutely. So why do you think that we have some different ways and styles of which we might process our pain? I mean, everybody seems to the process or just simply grew up with the process which they process pain. Well, you know, we are as individual, you know, we all have individual experiences. Um, we're all born, as as you well know, you've taught me, as multidimensional beings. We have physical bodies that are different. We have histories in these bodies that are different. We have different parental groups. We have different, um, We our brains work in different ways. We have different personalities. So we all have different aspects. But the one, the one element that we share is the high frequency of love, the oneness that we all came into this body with. But because of all of the other differences that we have and because we're brought up by people who don't have this awareness, who don't have this consciousness, this, we forget who we are. We forget when we're born who we are. And we're raised and conditioned by society and by people who don't have this understanding, who don't have this awareness. And, you know, there's so much conversation, as you know, in the world of spirit about what's happened since 2012 and this new awakening consciousness that we're all in the middle of. And, and 
Some people are meant to wake up faster than others. Some people are not made to wake up. Um, But we have this wonderful opportunity now to have the information out there and to make choices that we possibly didn't have before we can, but there's a lot of conditioning we need to break through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the next question is that you have had clients. I have had clients that have had such a tough, tough time letting go of their perceptions of their hurts and Mm -hmm. slights and mishaps and frustrations. Why do you think that they are, I don't know if I want to say stuck or, you know, paralyzed in a paradigm. Why do you think they have such a tough time letting go of their perceptions of their own pain and hurt? You know, that's a question I honestly do not have an answer to. I would say that what I trust, I always trust that people are on the path that they're supposed to be on. And, you know, as a teacher, one of the, um, lessons I think one of the most helpful lessons I was given was when someone who I was working with for quite some time who made tremendous shifts and tremendous changes with the work that she did because it's always the work that my students do I'm there as a facilitator but it's their work and it's their evolution and it's their awakening and she was on such a great trajectory And then she just stopped. She just decided that she wanted to go into another direction and really just started um, working with many different teachers. And I didn't hear from her for two years. And then she came back and she said, you know, I've realized that the different processes I've gone through have been helpful. But what I learned is it really comes back to me. And it's really my work to evolve in my evolution which was really beautiful and brilliant to hear. Um, and then there are people that will never be interested in this work. I, I even have family members who um, think I'm quite unusual because of the work I do. So I don't know why we all have different paths, but we do. And I, I really trust that we all have a different part to play in this journey of awakening to oneness. Let's say somebody out there right now who's listening to this program or let's say they pop it on in the middle of the night and they are listening to this program and they might be feeling pain or sorrow or loss or worry or doubt. Can you share with us your understanding of how they could use that pain to increase their consciousness or move out of that? How could they use that pain? Yes, I think it's a brilliant question. Uh, the first thing I would, I would advise them to do is to notice the pain, to watch the pain, to not push it away, to not try to stop it, to just allow it to be, and to see where it lands in their body. And if there's a place that they can identify, that's fine. If there isn't, to just sit with the pain and then to do some breathing and to ask your higher wisdom to call in the saints, the angels, to call in the masters if they work with a particular master and just connect to the inner depth of their being and ask, what am I to learn from this pain? And allow a message to land. 
sometimes depending on a being's journey, depending, depending on their consciousness, how connected they are to source, they'll hear, they'll hear right away. Other times they may not. Regardless of whether an answer is received, the next thing is to ask what frequency of love am I to wrap myself inside of? Am I to give myself patience? Am I to give myself kindness? Am I to fill myself with the frequency of understanding? Am I to be tolerant? Am I to go to gratitude? And allow that to answer because that will be immediate. And then it's important to remember a time when that frequency was given to you. In fact, the practice we're going to be sharing with people that I'm going to be giving to people to use in the future is a practice where I take you through a time when you were ultimately loved more than you ever had felt before. You're you're wrapped in the arms of someone who gave you unconditional love. And so what I do is I would ask you at that point to fill yourself with the memory, to see that person who gave you the unconditional love in front of you, to feel their arms around you, to have them fill you with the frequency of love, the knowing they know you, they love you, and to allow yourself to feel that and fill yourself with that energy. Memories are energy. And because we're energy beings, we can call that energy at any time and then fill yourself with that energy. And then come out of that practice and notice how you feel. I have taken people with great anxiety through this practice. Now, I've just told you about the practice, not necessarily taken people through it, I hope. But what happens is just as we can't be hot and cold at the same time, We can't be in low frequency and high frequency at the same time. And when we're in worry, when we're in concern, we're in low frequency. So when we go to an experience where we're filled with the highest frequency of love, there's no room for the anxiety anymore. So each time we have a difficult moment and we fill ourselves with gratitude, with the frequency of being unconditionally loved, we're replacing that low-frequency energy. So that's what I would advise them to do. Mm-hmm. There are many, many people out there, Selena, that perhaps will not understand the word frequency and what that means. Mm-hmm. They might mm-hmm. they might understand compassion or patience or mm-hmm. kindness. So what is your definition when you're using frequency frequency and we're going to use Mm -hmm. a high frequency to overcome and um, dissolve the low frequency. Can you tell our audience tonight what that means to you when you use the word frequency? Sure. It's actually an electrical charge, just like the electricity that comes out of the wall. Our frequency in our body is measured. When we go to the doctors and we have an EKG or an EEG, it's actually measuring the the energy, the electrical energy in our brain and in our heart. 
when we go um, at the end of life, when somebody is in hospice or they're in the hospital and they're hooked up to a monitor and you hear the beep, 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 that is measuring the energy in the body. So we use this word energy. It's in our lexicon frequency. And people think it's some mysterious force, but it's actually very physical. And, and you know it because you feel it. You can feel you can depression is very, you know, talk to anybody who gets depressed, as you and I do all the time. It is a very physical feeling. And happiness and joy and peace and ease, that is a very physical feeling. So frequency is actually very physical. And when we're talk, talking about replacing low frequency, anger, you get angry. Some people will tell me, oh, my gosh, Selena, I, I can't control myself. I get angry so quickly. Well, that's something that's very real. That's not mysterious. And other people will say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how quickly I moved with the practices you gave me from feeling anxious, which is very physical, to feeling neutral, which is also very physical. So while the words sound um, mysterious, they actually are grounded in very practical places. So when we're replacing the, when we're replacing anxiety, which is low frequency, with peace, the sense of peace, we're just calling it high frequency because that's what it is. It is the highest knowing we have. Love, the word love, actually speaks to the high frequency energy of oneness. But just as there are 72 names of God, 72 different ways in the Hebrew religion that God is spoken of in the practical world, we have different manifestations of that high frequency of love in the physical world. And those manifestations are what you just spoke of, kindness. Um, kindness, understanding, compassion. These are words we know. So the high frequency isn't something that's foreign to us. It's only foreign to us when we make it foreign, when there's a part of us that doesn't want to acknowledge the truth of who we are, it feels foreign. But as you can see, this is all very, very practical. There's a, a physical foundation for all of this work. Yes, because it's a very um, visceral feeling in my body. You know, I can, when I feel love and compassion for my children or yes. for my grandchildren, it's a very, yes. and it's also a very visceral feeling if I'm angry or upset or worried uh, in my body as well. And so it is, frequency is a physical, visceral yes. feeling that you have in your body, in your body. It is. So the key, and, you know, the, yeah. The key is to to use what you are teaching them, and that when they use it, they can have an exceptional life, as you have said. So how how does this affect like when a person chooses a visceral feeling of compassion, love, patience, kindness? How does that affect the workplace and people's lives as they go forward? How have you seen that in your work? So much so. And, and let's look at what that would be like. Because when we think about our life, 
if we were to generalize it, we could say, okay, so our life is filled with a lot of good times and a lot of bad times. I think that would probably be the most simplistic way we could look at it, right? Would you agree we have good times and bad times? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So if we were to look at that in a very, very general way like that, we don't, we don't need to necessarily try to do anything with the good times because we're feeling peaceful, we're feeling happy, we're feeling joy, and we're feeling ease. So the work is always with the difficulty. The work is always in the places that show up in our world as difficult, whether it's the person at the office who doesn't clean up after themselves or it's your beloved who doesn't put the top on the toothpaste on the toothpaste or doesn't doesn't show doesn't talk in a deep way you don't feel like you have a deep connection with your partner or it's your teenagers who seem to only want to talk with you when they need a ride somewhere or a few dollars and you miss them so we we have difficulties in our lives that comes up in, in so many different places and if we compound that difficulty by responding to it with difficulty we create more of that we've already we've already agreed to that so when we're able to learn and to choose, because it really is a choice, to respond to the difficulty from a higher frequency, we become, over time, we're raising our vibration, number one, because we are, we are being conscious. We are making a conscious choice to not engage in negativity with more negativity. So we are increasing our consciousness. When we increase our consciousness, our vibration rises. So when we, our vibration rises, very often, without even having to say anything to the people around us, we begin to notice we're happier. We're feeling lighter. We're more at peace than we are in difficulty because we're choosing to transform what used to be difficult times into places of ease. So our life becomes more easeful and peaceful. And what I noticed, which was really interesting in my life, and I've spoken to my students who have noticed this in different places, is that the people around them who they spend a lot of time with, the people in situations that used to bother them, start to not bother them as much. The people around them who also they felt triggered by, I won't say triggered them, but they felt triggered by, start to shift their behavior a little bit. I look at my ex-husband, a very good man, a very good father, but with my work, my, he, was, he was my work. Over time, I wasn't bothered by the things that used to drive me crazy that he did. And then I noticed that he started acting differently. His behavior was different. So I truly believe that as we go through this process of responding to difficulty from higher frequencies, we are creating shifts within us because we're all connected through the oneness, which means that what what happens for me happens for you and not only the people in my smaller circle, but in places I will never meet, we're all in the net of the oneness, other people are affected. So we're creating not just less chaos in our own world, but we're creating less chaos in the world. And that's why when people are so concerned, and understandably so, about what's happening in our world, and they don't know what to do, 
you know, and, and, and yes, we need to vote, and yes, we need to have our voices heard, and yes, we need to write to our congressmen, but we want to do more than, than just write a check or write a letter. It's our personal life, what, how we transform the energy in our personal field affects the greater, the greater humanity. So what we do in our microcosm affects the macrocosm. It can't not because that's how oneness works. Man, you know, I think if CEOs are listening to this program or uh, owners, small, even owners, entrepreneurs, and they want to get all of their workers on the same page, you know how frustrating people can be. It'd be uh, really, really wonderful to have this concept or you come in and facilitate the whole organization on how to overcome or use the tool of their frustration or use the tool of their impatience of using that and then replacing it with a higher frequency vibration. I can only imagine how much the workplace could go enormously much more smoother. I mean, if we got everybody on the same page. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not high in the sky. It's very substantial. And, and every single student who I've worked with for three months or more has seen these, these changes in their life. So it's not just my life. It's the students I've worked with. Um, I could, you know, cite student after student who has made, who have made major changes in their life from losing depression and letting go of anxiety, being able to make decisions in their life that they couldn't before simply because they started to utilize this practice, these practices, it's a series of practices where they're utilizing the difficulty as a transformational tool because that's, and that's why when spirit said to me, this is the purpose, Selena, this is the purpose of difficulty to, because each time we have difficulty, we have an opportunity to bring back into the world the high frequency of love. And as we bring that back in, we're not only not creating more chaos, we're stopping and pulling out the plug of the wall of the chaos that was created that we were triggered by, and we're replacing it with love. And so, you know, that's that's how we shift the paradigm. That's how we shift the frequency in the world. And I think people know this because think about what happens after grand difficult events now 911 was a big event and almost everybody knows somebody who was affected my company when that when 911 happened my company was called port authority and we were downtown boston and we used to have people call up because there was 411 back then people would confuse us with the Massachusetts Port Authority. So we got calls all the time for the Massachusetts Port Authority. The day 911 happened, I was in my office downtown Boston, and our phones were ringing off the hook, and we didn't know why. We didn't know what had happened in New York at that point. And people were calling us up over and over and over, wanting to know if we had any, any information on Flight 11, which was the flight that left, thinking we were the Port Authority. So when I realized what was happening, I closed the office. I left a message on our message machine. We had message machines back then. 
And we let everybody know what the phone number for the Port Authority was so they could get their information. Then we went back and we all saw what happened in New York City. And it was a tragedy and it was horrendous. But the stories that came out afterwards of how person after person helped people in the street, helped the people who survived. We lost two neighbors on Flight 11. We lost a neighbor who was the father of my son's friend, and we lost Amy, who was my neighbor on the next street over, who was the stewardess that actually was able to get the message across to the police about what was happening. And I saw in my community the outpouring for Lauren Rosenzweig, whose husband was killed on Flight 11, the outpouring for Amy's family. People came out of the woodwork all over the world to help. This is such a grand expression of how, how much energy, how much horrible energy was turned around with the frequency of the outpouring of love. We could never measure that. But we see what we do in times of difficulty, how people rally around. Everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to add love. To the situation. And this is honestly a big example of what we go through in the very minute parts of our day when we feel the irritations in the stores and with our kids and on the roads and with our politicians and with our coworkers. Those are small examples of how if we respond from love and there is a process that, that, that is accessible to anyone that we can turn those small moments around. So we see this in grand events, but it's honestly the little moments of our life that matter, that we can really use. We don't need to go to weekend retreats or read books on Amazon.com up the wazoo. We need to work with our own lives to make these changes. That's where the work truly is. That's Sorry, what you call it, I get very passionate about. No, this. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, do you think that there is a one frequency, a lower frequency, that's the hardest for people to come and and use as a transformational tool? Like, if do you see doubt more difficult than worry? Do you see sadness more difficult than? Um, uh, you know, like, like, is, do you see in your work or do you feel that there is a lower frequency that most people have the hardest time to kind of use as a tool to get to a high frequency? I, I don't think that there is, um, a, a, you know, I think it's different for each person. I think what's difficult for them is number one, to remember to utilize their emotional response as a transformational tool because we're so conditioned to just go to those, those feelings. Um, I think that it's, it's hard for people to remember. And then I think when it, when they do remember the, to actually choose to go through the process in the beginning is hard for people to choose to do because the egoic, mind, the low frequency in our body is so entrenched that, and we're creatures of habit. So I think what's difficult is the remembering and the choice to actually do it because there's something very seductive about the difficult, about feeling difficulty. There's something seductive about when chaos comes at you, 
to not go to not answer back with more chaos. I think that's what's difficult is to come out of that conditioned response of giving somebody the finger on the road of talking mm-hmm. about somebody, you know, if somebody you go through it, you're in a busy, a busy, you know, place like New York city and you're going to a door and somebody doesn't hold it for you. You know, I was in New York city a couple of weeks ago doing a presentation at the open center and, and we talked about the fact that, you know, it's a really typical thing in the city for you to, you know, expect a door to be held open. And when it's not, the, your first thought is, well, what's their problem? So we're so conditioned to have a negative response. I think that's the difficulty is to not have that negative response and to remember, aha, here's my opportunity to go to love. So coming out of that conditioned response of neg- giving negativity back to negativity, creating more chaos. That's the difficulty, I think. Well, what do you do when you're sitting at a table, let's say, with people, and if someone goes into negativity, do you, what, you know, I know that we don't, we're not, our job is not to play the teacher all the time, and yet we're on stage mm-hmm. all the time and having a moment of remembrance of who we are. So how would you direct our audience or how do you do it personally for yourself? If you're sitting at a table and someone's like, uh, quite frankly, bitching and moaning or negative or in victim consciousness, how do you handle that? Yeah, um, I find it. No, I do. I very much do. But I also, I, I do it in a gentle and a subtle way. Um, normally, I'll just sit there and just say nothing um, if there are other people around, and I'll just um, not contribute to the conversation. And then at some point when it feels right to me, if the conversation is still continuing, I find a way to bring a point up that has a positive take on it. Um, or have you considered this? Or, gee, would it be do you think this might have been a possibility of what was happening? Or I'll, tr- I'll try to bring something up if I feel it will help to give another perspective to the situation. Um, I certainly would never come in and tell somebody that they were wrong or there's, you know, I, I might say, you know, gee, there's possibly another way to look at this and have you considered. So I might say something like that. Um, I certainly... Um, don't get into teacher mode, but I certainly don't sit there and um, accept that as my reality. So I, I gently, if there's something that I feel I could add to the conversation that might be helpful, I'll bring it up in a gentle questioning way. Hmm. Well, when people come to you like for the very first time and they're just filled with all different mm-hmm. types of emotions and different issues mm. and what are the first steps that you take people who are new to this concept? What, what's the first thing you do when they come into your office? Well, it depends on how much um, understanding they have, how much work they've done. Most of the people that come to see me, I've realized, are people that are well on a path because it doesn't seem as if this is work that a lot of people who are new to spiritual work are attracted to. Um, so I, I try to ascertain where they're at on their spiritual journey. I want to hear where they're at. I want to know what they're doing now um, to connect to their con- their higher consciousness. Um, and then I ask them where they feel they are out of alignment after they share their spiritual values and they talk to me about where they are in their path. I ask them where they feel they are out of alignment 
in their daily life with the, their values? What, you know, is it their partner that they're that they find they're not able to stay in the high frequency of love? Is it work? Is it their children? Is there a family member? Where in their life? And then I have them tell me and share with me where they feel they're out of alignment. Um, and then we go into quiet, and I take them through a chakra cleanse. That's a very specific type of chakra cleanse that Spirit has shared with me to clear the chakras, and then Spirit comes in with each chakra and has an affirmation for them for each chakra. Um, the affirmations are completely different for each person each time they sit with me. Um, and then that we come out of that. And I ask them to notice the difference in their state. I ask them, was there anything that they recognized or noticed as we were going through the chakra cleanse that they felt was important? And then um, I share with them what spirit has shared with me about that process. And then we come to a close. And then each teaching from there really starts with my asking them how they are and what what have you know what's happening in their life in regards to um, practical spirituality that they feel they need to bring to teaching today? Where are they out of alignment and where do they feel they need to uh, do the work? And once they share that, then I go into state and spirit speaks directly to them or we talk with me connected to spirit and there is, um, is advice given, and then there are practices given to help them in that place in their life to learn how to respond from a higher frequency of love. I'm going to ask, maybe we already did this, but I'm going to ask once again, as like at the very, very moment right now, we take a little bit more where we could use um that will help us at this time move us to turn that difficulty into peace. Can you, um, you know what? You're breaking into up that a little bit. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I can't hear you. Oh. Could you say that again? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry on my end here. Um, take us through okay. practice. Um, right now, I, we might have done that already a little bit, but right now, could you take a practice? that you could help us with, turn any difficulty into peace? You kind of got from that? Yeah, well, what I'd like to do is is take us, yep, take us through up to a practice that will give us the experience of receiving a high frequency of love. Because if if we can go into that practice, then everybody will have within them that frequency. And so they'll be able to access that when they need to transform their state. How is that? Is that okay? That, that would be great. Wonderful. So, okay, everyone, if you would, let's, just, let's go into that now. So we've been using our brains. We've been very, very active here listening, and Hope and I have been active talking. So if you would just get very, very comfortable in your seat. Whether you're sitting down or lying down, it matters not. Just begin to get comfortable. And if you would take a deep breath in, a very long, slow, deep breath, and then blow it out really quickly. Deep breath in and blow it out. And another deep breath in. And blow this breath out very fast. 
very quick, real cleansing breath. And then on the third breath, if you would breathe very deeply, long, slow inhale, and a long, slow exhale. And continue this breathing, keeping your attention completely on the breath for the next few moments. Long, slow, deep inhale. Long, slow, deep exhale. And continue with this breath, your attention on the breath. This is your universe right now for the next few moments. Now I invite you to invoke your imagination. See yourself walking in a beautiful pine forest. It's a gorgeous day. You're standing amongst tall pine trees. You look up and you start to see the sun peek its way through the boughs of the trees as the sun streams down and warms the side of your face, your shoulder, and your arm. Standing in this pine forest, you feel so safe, you feel so warm, and you feel so peaceful. You take a deep, deep breath in, and you smell the intoxicating smell of pine that just fills your entire body. You start to walk on the path beneath your feet. You walk slowly in a very relaxed way, feeling the crunch of pine needles from yesteryear beneath your feet and as you walk in the forest you're noticing the trees you're hearing the birds and you realize you've come to the end of this path you look to the right where the path seems to continue and you notice someone is walking towards you You recognize this person as they get closer because this is the person that has loved you more than anyone else. For some of us, it's a grandparent or a parent. For others, it's a partner or a teacher or a friend. But right now, as you stand here, this person, the person that has loved you. They are standing right in front of you. And they look deeply into your (coughs) eyes 
and you look deeply into theirs. You feel their love so fully, so completely. They open up their arms and you fall into them. They close their arms around you and you are known. You are loved. You are appreciated. Feel that deeply, completely, that you are loved. You rest here inside their arms, filling yourself with the love they have for you. And then very slowly, they drop their arms. You step away and you look into each other's eyes one last time, knowing that you can call them forth whenever you choose. They step back and they turn and they walk into the forest and you take a breath come back into your body and come back into the room notice as Mm. you come back into the room how you're feeling That practice, for most people, they go very, very deep into this practice. If you had the experience of not being able to go into it, I would suggest that once we put the link up on Hope's site that you download that and practice it again because I guarantee you that you will go into this practice very deeply. You can't not Um, If you had a deep experience, that's wonderful. What you're experiencing truly is the high frequency of love that's within you, that is within all of us, and that when you bring in this being who has loved you so completely and you you fill yourself with the energy of love from them, this is actually happening to you. You are bringing... You are tapping into the high frequency of love that you are, that I am, that hope is, that we all have the energy of the oneness. And you are choosing to remember and to bring it forward. And this is a wonderful practice so that when difficulty arises, hopefully you'll say, oh, I remember on Hope's show that Selena spoke that I could transform this. So let me... Let me remember that I don't have to make this worse. I can say, right now I notice that I'm emotionally charged and I'm going to choose to transform this. So I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to go into this practice, this this visualization, this experience of filling myself with love and take yourself through into the forest. Take yourself into the arms of this person that loves you. Over time, after doing this practice over and over again, you'll just be able 
to think of this person, to visualize them in your mind and to feel the love in your body. It's not enough to keep this in your mind, in your head. You need to bring this into your body. You need to feel the love because that's what activates it in your physicality. But this is a wonderful practice because you can't come out of this feeling angry. You can't come out of this feeling jealous or feeling resentful because you're filled with love. So there you have it, my dear. I love that. I absolutely love that. I've been studying a little bit about the brain and the body, and they talk about that when you would take yourself through a practice such as this, that the that the body literally and the brain literally tells the body, you are having this experience. This is a real experience. So yes. the, the chemistry of the body is exactly going on as if it were actually happening to be took away. And I find mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. amazing, that it's the same yep. chemistry and vibration when you use the art of imagination and the art of a meditation that takes you into that frequency. But you, you've got it right when you say you actually have to bring it in the body and absolutely yep. feel it, absolutely feel that, it. And that, that's why I, I've always, you know, it, it became clear to me. I've, I've always felt that when people say, you know, change your thoughts, change your life, it's not accurate. I read that, um, a neuroscientist was talking about um, the fact that the brain does not create a new. The brain recognizes that which it knows, and then it creates structure around it. So that which the brain recognizes is the frequency. So when a brain, when there's a low frequency in the body, the brain recognizes that and creates thoughts and feelings of fear and anxiety. And when the brain recognizes higher frequency, that's when it structures and creates thoughts and feelings of peace and, and, and kindness and love. And so when people say, change your thinking, change your life, we're being asked, people can't change their thinking that quickly, but, but what they can do is they can change their frequency. And the frequency is what the brain wraps and creates the thoughts around. So we're actually trained, Hope, to work with the wrong end of the equation. We're actually yes. being asked when they say change your thinking, we're being asked to change the result when it's so much easier to change what creates the thinking which is the frequency and that's why this is such powerful work because it's not change your thinking change your life it's change your frequency change your life because if we change our frequency if we recognize we acknowledge our feelings we recognize we're in distress or we're in we're about to respond to a chaotic event with more chaos then we, we can either sink into that as we always traditionally and historically and habitually have done, or we can choose to say, no, I'm going to do this differently. I'm consciously going to choose to shift my response because my next moment is created from my response to chaos. And so if my next moment is, a high, is from high frequency, I'm creating my next moment from high frequency. And so that's why it's change your frequency, change your life, not change your thinking, change your life. Yes, yes, because that's the law of attraction. I mean, that's the frequency. You know, I I always remember what Wayne Dyer would say, you don't get what you want, you get what you are in your frequency. Exactly, 
Exactly. Yes. So that's why so many people come and they say, well, I've been manifesting this and I've done, I've created another board with lots of pictures and I've had a wish board and I've got my crystals out and I've prayed to Saint, you know, Saint, Saint Germain, but this isn't changing because if you look at the pattern of their life, of how they are in their daily life, they're still gossiping, they're still complaining, they're still fetching, they're still moaning, they're still giving people the finger. So while we don't all do all of these things, the majority of us, I see this in myself every single day. I watch myself. I'm changing my behaviors every single day. And if I'm a woman who's been an active spiritual student for over 20 years to change my behavior, then we all have work to do. So, so the whole idea is that it's not enough to be spiritual. It's how are you? Where, how are you in the integrity of how you how you live your life? And that's the beauty is that this is you know we don't need to buy books and go to workshops. We need to use our daily life. So when people say, "Oh my gosh, you know, I don't have money to to be a spiritual student," I say, "Of course you do. It's not about money. It's about how you use your daily life." Yeah, because that's the longest, biggest, freest workshop. Every day is a workshop <laughs> and use every day and wake up yes, and say, I'm in a workshop um, today. And that yeah. is our workshop. So yeah, I think that's a really good distinction for people to understand. So yeah. just tell us a little bit about, you said that you have a gift for the listeners. You want to explain that a little bit that you have about the link that we have? Yeah, the, for them. the link the link that I yep that I provided you is the practice that we just went through. So people can have that practice to go through as many times as they would like. Um, it's called open to receive, and in that practice you'll be taken through the steps that we just went through, and you can you can go through that practice as often as you'd like to get to experience the love. You don't have to wait for difficult things to happen in your life or irritations. If you're feeling worried, if you're feeling stressed, you can just go into this meditation and come out because there's no way you can come out still feeling the same experience that you went in with. But this is mm-hmm. this is a mm-hmm. wonderful practice that will fill you with that energy. And when you take the time to go through the steps of noticing your feelings when your um, when your emotional body, so our, our emotional body becomes the alarm clock. Our, our negative thinking becomes an alarm clock. When you notice that the alarm clock goes off and you choose to change your state, you can go into this practice to change your state, or you can say to the universe, what frequency of love shall I fill myself with? And, and if it's patience, then you take yourself into the practice where you remember a time you were incredibly patient with somebody, and you see them, and you see how you felt with them, or you remember a time somebody was incredibly patient for you. Uh, and with you and then you feel you look at that situation you see it in your mind's eye in great detail and you feel in your body the patience that that person had and how much you appreciated that and you fill yourself with that frequency so with each with each manifestation of love that spirit tells you to give yourself because that's why we're given these opportunities so we can fill ourselves with love we need so much love and we don't give it to ourselves 
And so each of these opportunities now, difficulty is now an opportunity to fill your being with love, to reconnect to the highest frequency of who you are, your natural inheritance of love, and bring it into your physical body and into the physical world. That's the purpose of this. So difficulty is all about giving yourself the opportunity to connect to the highest frequency of who you are that's buried deep within. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, CEOs of big corporations and entrepreneurs of small businesses and large businesses, if you want to get everybody on the same page to help your business or to help even in your household that this is a technique and you can get a lot of help from Selena Matreya. If they would like to get a hold of you, Selena, I know we have that up on our website in our program. Um, you want to give that out for the listeners tonight? Sure. Uh, my website is Practical Spirituality with Selena, S-E-L-I-N-A dot com. Um, on Facebook, there's a group called Practical Spirituality. We're about 16,000 plus people strong um, on LinkedIn, I'm Selena Matreya, and Instagram is Practical Spirituality. So you can find me in any of these places. Um, I'm also always available to work one-on-one with students. You can find that information, a call. Uh, you can email me for a free um, opportunity for us to talk about where you're at and your spiritual path. And I can share more information about practical spirituality. And there you have it. Well, thank you, my dear. I um, uh, thank you for being patient with busy in and out. We're having a rainstorm here in Minnesota, <laughs> Mankato, Minnesota. I don't know if that was what was going on. So thank you and thank everybody for your patience as we're going in now. And as always, Selena, it's a delight to have you on the program. I love you. And uh if I ever met a woman on a mission and would drink the breast milk from all of the knowledge that you've ever received, you certainly have swallowed it and become it. So I appreciate that in you. Well, thank you, my dear. And it's been a pleasure to be here. And I'm so grateful for all of the wisdom that you have shared with me and other people and for this fabulous, fabulous show. So thank you for allowing me uh, and welcoming me in to share with your listeners. I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our listeners and ask you to come on the program again with us. I always tell everybody it's not only our guest speakers, but in many ways you are on the program with us as we uh, come live to you. Our next program is going to be on Tuesday, October 29th at 7 p.m. It is a live show, and the title of that show um, for next month, I almost said next week, next month, is Walk-Ins, Multidimensional Aspects of the Soul's Experience. And it's going to be um, Yvonne Perry. She is a celestial shaman who has had multiple, multiple walk-in experiences. And I know that many people are wondering, what is a walk-in experience? I know that many people at this time are having a walk-in. And Yvonne Perry helps people integrate multidimensional soul aspects. She is a practitioner of light codes offering one-on-one coaching to help people manage energy. 
access and anchor in vibrations of the higher realms and to live authentically. She does light language activations that assist people to remember their vibrational expression. So we're going to keep on with this vibration, vibration, vibration. Yvonne is the author of several books, including Walk-Ins Among Us, Open Your Personal Portal to Cosmic Awareness and Light, um, and so much more. So once again, this program could not be made possible without, um, I have two beautiful angels that assist me, Janelle and Amy. I always deeply, deeply appreciate you on the other end, helping me every time this mic goes in and out, they're coming and helping me. Uh, Tom, who has been a rock and an anchor for this program for so many, many years. Tom, I love you. This program would not be made possible. And, of course, then to all of those listeners across the nation who has ever tuned in, I deeply, deeply appreciate you. And so until we meet again in October, I just namaste you all and have a fabulous fall. We just walked into this magnificent time of harvest called fall. So I grace you with blessings with my pure heart. And so uh, namaste, 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 my beloveds, namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.